1: I was not as grateful as I should have been mm-hmm. to, to to live through what I lived through, uh, but I have over the past year. I've I've learned. I've gotten better. Every about it.
2: every day is a gift, as Tony Soprano would say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, a, uh, the episode you made me watch last night, and he goes uh, he goes. I'll all be dipped in shit. I've i forgotten he said that. I really liked that. <laughs> I want to bring that. That should be brought back.
3: (laughs) My dad used to say that all the goddamn time.
1: (laughs) It's
3: it's terrific.
1: Really, is nice. Also, you had me watch the uh, the debut of Furio episode. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Now this is. I was like,
1: I remember that guy. Yeah. One thing about the episode you uh, that you guys had me watch was that it's like it's a tease of an episode, right? Because you think that that. Gandolfini and Sophia Milos will hook up at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they don't. And that was one, ep- that was one sort of example of the show doing their teases the right way. Yeah. Like, like the best example of that was, and I don't mean this, the word tease is very much the wrong word here, but there was the episode <laughs> where Melfi is, is sexually assaulted in the, in the parking garage. Yes. Yes. And she's wrestling with, during the whole episode with having, Tony take out vengeance for her. Right at the end, at the end, there's that great scene at the end where she, where he's like, he's like, you need anything? And then she's like, no. And yeah. then it just cuts. And it's really, really well done. And the show didn't always do that very well. Like, yeah. A lot of times the show was like, well, something might happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just nothing happens, and you're like, well, this sucked. <laughs> They yes. just smash cut to black. Nothing happened. No one got shot.
2: Yeah, there is definitely a similarity between Melfi saying, "No, I don't want you to take revenge on my," uh, you know, perpetrator, and Tony being like, "No, I will not fuck you, big titted lady." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, like,
3: yeah, it's him, set up it's, for the exact same kind of it's, viewer. It's just standard. as hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, it was the.
1: Uh, I think it was also the first time I had been introduced to the the phrase, I don't shit where I eat. So that was a nice, again, nice little turns of phrase peppered all about. And I like, and the episode you guys had me watch was like good and pulpy, like a good episode of TV. And like the thing about The Sopranos is that like particularly with like the ringerization of like Mm -hmm. TV recaps and all that shit. Yes. Like it get venerated to such a point where it's like, oh my god, it's art. Every episode, yeah, yes. God and, so, and I'm watching. I'm like, this is a nice, good episode of TV. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it didn't have to. It doesn't have to be more than that. Just a good, solid episode of television. Exactly. Was,
2: you know. No, this is a decidedly anti-art podcast. Uh, <laughs> we we have gone through all these episodes and uh, one by one been like. You know, if you take the show as a whole, sure, it's great and all that. But if you watch it one by one, most of the time you're going, "Yeah, that wasn't a very good episode." On to the next one, uh, or oh that, yeah, yeah. Or, or that,
1: that episode, one was just fine. That show had more annoying detours. Oh yeah, than like any show ever. And like there were like I just remember like like there was like one episode, uh, the the famous one where he has his like an extended dream sequence of the Plaza and like a net yeah. is in it. Yeah, and I remember the internet the next day. Like, places like Television Without Pity were like, what the fuck was, <laughs> <What> the <laughs> fuck was that shit?
2: Well, you know, sometimes you dream about Annette Bening. Uh Do we want to start? <laughs> Let's start the episode.
3: Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to keep some of that because I liked some oh, of did it. We-
1: oh, do we not start the episode? No, but no. no what- this isn't Marin. We don't
3: just... <laughs> no. no, we're
1: going to do a cold
2: no, open. We that are, is-
3: are going to do a very Marin-esque yeah, opening. With that. I guess
2: we are. M- yeah. We're not Marin. We're Maron! Uh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Lee And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast where we go through every episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. Uh, as you've probably noticed, it's been uh, a little while since we've uh, had an episode. Been, yeah. It's been... Uh, many weeks. Three weeks since we talked to you. <laughs> uh, and uh, we apologize for that. Obviously, you know, the new year and all that stuff. But more episodes will keep coming out on a consistent basis. We swear to God.
3: Uh, Today, our guest is Drew McGarry. I don't know why we haven't had him on uh, before now. Uh, formerly of Deadspin, currently of Vice. And where else are you writing for these days?
1: Uh, I write for Gen Magazine, which is part of Medium. And, uh, you know, I got the books and, you know, I'm tipping over advice and, you know, I'm here and there and everywhere for now as we sort of lick our wounds and, and figure out next steps, you know, after we all left Deadspin. so. Everything's a bit up in the air, but hey, congratulations to you guys. I, I heard Spotify bought you for two hundred and fifty million dollars. So that's terrific. Yeah, yep. well,
3: don't tell Matt, I actually kept two hundred and forty nine of the million and Matt is only getting one.
2: One of the million? Yeah. You
3: know yeah. I would be fine with that, right?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you were like, here's only one of the million, I wouldn't be like, oh no. Well then again, yeah. if you, I guess if you took two hundred and forty nine yeah, I guess that You'd would be, be mad. You'd be it mad. is weird, but yeah. I'd be mad. Yeah. Um well, we're glad you're you're here on our uh two hundred and fifty million dollar uh podcast about the sopranos. Uh you a fan of the sopranos?
1: Yeah, I was. I watched all the episodes when they came out. Mm-hmm. Back when I had HBO. I told Vince before this podcast I was like, I don't actually have HBO anymore. And he was like, That is the weirdest goddamn thing I yeah. ever heard. Yeah, no, that's like the but one thing
3: like, I will pay for above all else. Yeah.
1: I, for, I'm cheap. I have Netflix for the kids and stuff like that. But, like, you know, given that I'm on Cobra right now, I just didn't feel like paying yeah. for HBO, <laughs> which, is, which is bad. Like, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, all the all yeah. the monoculture is passing by without.
2: Him. Well, I heard so. that uh in Pete Buttigieg's Medicare for all who want it, uh their cobra plan will be uh have Disney Plus and HBO Max included. No,
3: actually if you don't it's part of the individual mandate. If you don't get health insurance, it's a $7,000 pen- penalty and they take away your HBO Go password. Oh man. Bummer. Bummer. Uh, but other
1: other people have noticed this but uh <clears throat> Uh, on, on Netflix was the, uh, the Jim Carrey remake of the Grinch like, oh, the yeah. movie, oh, yeah. which is, which is awful. Oh, like, it's, it's, it's the worst.
2: It's the worst. It's
1: shitty and it's endless. It's it comes in like eight <laughs> installments, like the Hobbit, but like, but, like even, even less justified and I was looking and I'm watching it cause I hadn't watched it for the first time. And I'm like, glan- I'm like, I'm in my chair, like looking at my phone and looking up at it to like, cause my kid has it on. And I'm looking at all the Hooville residents and I'm like, these motherfuckers all look like Mayor Pete. This sucks. <laughs> oh, they do. That's very
3: true. He's the mayor they of They
1: totally Whoville. do. He's the mayor of
2: Hooville. He is the mayor of Hooville. Um, Absolutely. All right. Well, let's... Uh, we got to
3: start every show with the theme song. So join us for the Pod Yourself okay. a Gun theme song.
2: Pod. Pod Pod Podcast Pod <laughs> Pod Pod <laughs> Pod Good start to every podcast <laughs> yeah. playing the theme song. You know, it never gets old. Really. It never, it, well, it got old at one point, <laughs> but then we didn't do the podcast for like a month and a half. Yeah, and now it's, new, it's it, new again. It's new again. Yeah. It's come around.
1: You uh, know, I uh, I, I liked because I hadn't watched the show in ages before you guys asked. I hadn't watched it since the original finale aired oh, on wow. HBO. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was nice to get into the ritual again of like hearing the theme song open the uh, open the show. Yeah, because I like I liked that ritual every week, every Sunday night of hearing of it starting. Because I was like, oh yeah, now it's time to open the Sopranos action, everybody. <laughs> like, oh, it exciting. is a and weird. Yeah, if you've ever heard, you ever heard the original, like the actual full-length yes. song. Yes, I have. Off, it's, it sucks. It's oh, garbage. It's
2: garbage. Uh, we've talked about this before, but it's one of the worst songs I think I've ever heard, and it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's weird because as the Sopranos theme song, it it works eventually. Like I remember watching the show and. The, the, my big problem was this is the beginning of Prestige TV having two minute long mm-hmm. credit sequences mm-hmm. to start the show, yes. so yes, that's right. so it was like it was always something I fast forwarded through, and it I remember once you became, got around to yeah. Pizza Land, that's when I knew I was like, okay, we're getting close to the <laughs> right. thing, and I always wanted to see who wrote and directed the episode, but the rest of it I didn't give a shit about, um, but yeah, it does give you that feeling of excitement. It's
3: Pavlovian eventually.
2: Yeah, it it is. But it is objectively a terrible song. No, I I 100% agree. Yeah, it
1: sounds all cool opening up the show, and then like I stole it off on Napster, and it was like, (laughs) this sounds like something... There's something like this sounds something James Dolan would write himself. <laughs> oh man. Like there like there's like a dude like being like so long. Yeah. Like he, like there's like a spoken word part, and you're like, oh my god. No.
2: Yeah. Jeez. And, and and lyrically, it's in unintelligible. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck yeah. they're talking about. A blue moon in your
1: eye?
3: It's just yeah, kind of well, like that was
1: the gun bar. It's yeah.
3: kind of just like boomer gibberish. Like he just it smushed is. like a bunch of weird like boomer catchphrases yeah, in there. And it, you're like, what the fuck? It's is what boomers think
2: rap is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, I like that rap song at the beginning. It's like, I don't know if it, it's that.
1: Definitely it has that it has that white guy who's just a blues man vibe to it. Oh which, yeah. oh, for sure. For sure. it's always lethal. That whole sort of like like not even Jack White poser, uh-huh. like, like level, like that's like that's like the good level of bluesman posering. Like this is like, like somewhere right around like Blues Brothers three thousand. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, this is like writes for an alt weekly uh, and like lives with his mom level white bluesman. Yeah, man. definitely.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we are doing from season two, uh, episode four, Commandatore. Uh, And the synopsis is, and we got this from IMDb, I believe. Uh, Tony travels to Italy with Polly and Christopher to jumpstart a car importing business. While Polly and Christopher sample some of the old country's choicest wares, Tony haggles with the head of a powerful Naples family and recruits a valuable new lieutenant named Furio. Um, So I think it's time to go take
3: a little trip you want to take a trip to the way back let's take a trip to the way back so uh commendatory premiered february 6 2000 uh we're almost we were like almost at the 20th anniversary i don't right on the dot this time oh wow uh yeah uh so some of the things that were happening around this time their hijackers seized an afghan plane with 186 passengers aboard Uh, wow they demanded the release of jailed opposition leader ishmael khan interesting yeah um on the new york daily news uh, headline see hillary run she's making it official with state la- statewide senate bashes oh she was doing uh bashes back then yeah she was bashing it she, she was, was bashing bash, it she was a bash sister man
2: she's a she was wall street pete from
3: way back <laughs> uh yeah uh, mccain pushes hard while bush goes home to regroup um So I guess McCain was surging in the primaries around this point. There was the Amadou Diallo trial in New York. Mm. Uh, L.A. Times, Chechen capital in Russia's grip, Putin declares. You know, it is an interesting
2: time. Because remember when uh, when we gave a shit about Chechnya? (laughs) It was was just kind of like in the news. It was just like, Russia is at war with some sort of Russian Muslim country. We had no idea what was going on. And we liked it uh what were our top movies that, uh, oh go ahead
1: no i think i think that was the year i gave mccain five bucks i was like that guy's a maverick <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah isn't that also that was when david foster wallace wrote like his mccain's a maverick essay too wasn't it did, somewhere around there. I,
1: was that t- i'm sure i'm sure that was not a coincidence oh yeah. I, my god i was thirst i was thirsty enough to read david foster wallace and then be like, hey, this guy sees things
2: differently. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: wasn't this also... How this, naive we were.
2: This was the
3: time when uh, uh, the Bush oppo against... Uh, mccain and it's before because this is going into i believe that was in south carolina so oh. and this is and this may be what turned the tide because every headline i've been reading for this one in the next episode it's like mccain surging bush licking wounds
2: yeah 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 so th- this was right before uh bush released the mccain oppo that said he had a black child yeah yeah, and it was wh- what is it just his It was just like his Indian adopted daughter or something like that?
3: I mean, it was just a phone call, so I don't think it had... But I think the picture maybe lent it... uh... Crazy. Yeah, who knows? You
2: know, primaries
3: used to be uh, a lot
2: more vicious. But uh, we won't get (laughs) into politics. They used to
3: be contested in the uh, arena of ideas. That's right, that's right. Does he
2: have a... The free market of ideas (laughs) used to pick the winner
3: every time. Um, Top movies. Scream 3. Great movie. The Hurricane. Stuart Little next Friday. Stuart Little.
2: Uh, written by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, he. Did, that was before Sixth Sense, right? That, that's right. Am I, or am I
1: wrong? I think
3: no. Yeah, I, no. I think that's right. I might. Yeah. No wait. Sixth Sense is ninety nine.
1: Well, wait a second. It might have been something that he wrote before the Sixth Sense came that's out. That's
2: probably what it was. He was doing. He probably wrote it before it came out because if it had been the Sixth Sense, and then he wrote Stuart Little. He would have made Stuart dead the whole time, or he would have done some cool twist. You know, that's just <laughs> Yeah, it th-
1: turns out like Stuart was a cat.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. The whole time, dude. Uh top song was I Knew I Loved You by Savage Garden. I don't uh, even know that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's like minor Savage Garden. I can't I can't even think of it in my head.
2: It's kind of crazy because it's like, you know, it's another number one hit by Savage Garden. And as far as I know. It never existed. You know, yeah. it sucks that there was a time when number one hits. You know,
3: where well. Thick, the R and B ones kind of just like washed over me. Like I'd hear them somewhere. And yeah, like, oh, that's a song. Yeah, that's true.
2: All right, let's get yeah, into let's get into this episode. Let's start talking. Let's let's, let's start get talking some into it.
3: Okay, so I I, think, I love this episode. This is one of my favorites because I think it's like a yeah. I think it is the uh seminal poly episode yeah oh yeah definitely
2: uh so here are our butterbee stories so uh tony Polly, and chris go to italy uh we get the introduction to furio uh chris gets an introduction into iv uh heroin um angie bob and sarah wants a divorce uh tony is forced to do business with a woman and uh Pussy gets caught with his FBI friend oh, so good and uh murders the witness. Uh so yeah,
1: also there's a David Chase cameo.
2: There is, there is, and that's a that's a wonderful scene. Uh in fact, I think we have some audio oh, yeah. on that. Oh, 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 oh. So this episode's called C- yeah. Commandatory, and uh this is something that Polly really, really enjoys.
1: Hey,
0: Commandatory
2: on, John. <laughs> what i love what i love about uh paulie in uh italy uh, is like and it's the same with with tony but paulie in italy is really just trying to relive uh the sequence in godfather one where uh where michael corleone goes back to sicily Mm -hmm. but uh the problem is is that he doesn't realize that no one gives a shit that they're in italy like italians just live in italy
3: yeah yeah. (laughs) well it's also like uh you know it's like the when the boston guys are throwing up irish pride on st patrick's day it's like every italian in new jersey is so defined by their italianness but uh you know then they actually go over there and they realize they're not really yeah number one
2: they're not really italian and number two uh no one gives a shit if you're italian in italy it's just like okay it's the, the the look that david chase uh gives uh, Paulie, when he's when he's like bonjour, I don't know, is just like it's worthy of someone calling him a cocksucker because yeah. that's someone who just does not give a shit. Uh, wh- there's a, yeah, this yeah. Is, go ahead.
1: I'm, I I when I lived in the Tri-State area, I just remember there were so many there were so many people in like Goomba cosplay who were like I'm Italian. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like yeah, it's, and even even I like obviously I'm not Italian. You can tell by looking at me, but I was like. <laughs> You know, like, these people are just fucking posers. It was
2: so annoying. Yeah, yeah. People, I mean, it's kind of this weird white ethnic identity thing where, uh, you know, you kind of look to your immigrant ancestors and uh you take some pride in the old
3: country which is necessary which is a good and necessary evil i think
2: it's it's a good and necessary evil i don't think there's anything wrong with it but the problem is is that like there's a difference between being an italian who lives in newark and an actual italian yeah and uh and the same thing with you know irish uh americans here it's like uh you know people who are from ireland
3: are like you keep calling yourself (laughs) irish you guys were irish (laughs) in the 1830s i believe
2: you keep calling yourself Irish. Oh,
3: Jesus doesn't say doesn't Jesus, like it when you say you're Irish.
2: Jesus doesn't like it when you. My culture is not your fucking costume.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where it's right. like every day is St. Patrick's Day. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we uh, have more than one
2: holiday. We yeah.
1: have
2: we have a bunch of Catholic holidays. The ones where Jesus died and he comes. I back tell to you,
1: life. Uh, I tell you this this episode reminded me of my hot take, which is that I hate Polly. Pauly's <laughs> in my, like, <laughs> interesting. I know, like I know the I know I know part of the reason it's funny, like they had one line about having to take a shit. Like they always they always do they always had good timing with people saying they had to take a shit <laughs> on yeah. that show. Yeah. Like Phil Diotaro has a really good line about once he's where he's just like, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> and and Paul has one here, and the whole time Tony's just exasperated, like, you're just a fucking baby. And he is through the whole show. He's just a big fucking baby, he he's is. so annoying. He is. And one of my one of my one of my hang ups about the end of the show because he never got just he never got beaten with a bat and <laughs> left for dead in a cold field.
2: Oh, I like Paulie more than that. I I always enjoyed. Uh, I I enjoyed the fact that he was just kind of a man child, just an unmarried yeah. man, lived he's, with his uh, mother.
3: He's the Sopranos Cliff Clavin.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the Chet Hanks of the Sopranos. <laughs>
3: yeah, and yeah, this- it, it it works in certain
1: episodes. Like it kind of works in this one, and it works in. Uh, it works in Pine Barrens really well. Yeah. Other times it's just, other times he's just grading. He's it's like having it's like having a guy Janice around the episode. That's sure. interesting. But see,
3: for me, like this is peak Polly because it works. Uh, I feel like it works so well in this because like Polly's whole thing is taking pride in being Italian and and everything is like, "Oh, can you believe this? They're making money off espresso and yeah. this is we, this is our thing." And then he goes to Italy and everybody thinks he's just a dumb asshole because he because he doesn't want to eat the like squid ink pasta. Yeah, right. He doesn't <laughs> understand why they're eating octopus. And I love oh, yeah. I love that yeah, that, I, that was great. I love that sequence uh when he's like, "Hey, you got the uh, spaghetti and gravy?" And the Italian the Italian guy's perfect. He's yeah.
2: like, "What do you what do you mean, Grabies? uva yeah, yeah, yeah. Grapes? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, like, I- I've always found Pauly's, uh entire... I don't know. I've always found him charming. Like, the, the fact that he is... Number one, he believes uh, that he needs to, you know, be, like, carry on this, like, Italian heritage that is completely Americanized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, his obsession because they're all obsessed with movies and movie gangsters and they all think they're movie gangsters. So they're, they're like constantly trying to live as, gangsters do in the movies and and every time he is knocked back down to earth it kind of yeah. like
3: the disintegration of the american mafia and, it's so funny to watch and the little glimpses into his real life like in this episode and he's like I've, i never got to come over here t yeah not like my brother the doctor with all his bullshit yeah <laughs> like like we just get this small glimpse that his brother is a doctor and he doesn't talk to his brother uh his brother is like well to do and he doesn't talk to him because he's just a dumb shit I also
1: like. There's a scene where uh, Paulie's in a room with a hooker. Oh yeah, he's tr- he's trying to be like all big man, like ain't hey, say you could leave, and and the hooker's just bored out of her mind, like <laughs> stuff like that.
2: Well, yeah, straight Which up. Is great. Sh- Anytime
1: I- – anytime care other all the other characters treat paulie like the joke that he is then it works it's it's
2: so funny i i love that scene too Uh, i I love the fact that at one point he's just like talking to her about like you know how wonderful the fruit is in italy (laughs) and she's just at the sink just vigorously washing her pussy (laughs) and then she's like hey you and me were from the same town we probably know each other you know like (laughs) i and and she's just like picking at her feet yeah. you can tell she's just waiting to get the fuck on out of there scratching all of her you know <laughs> scratching probably the body lice that she's uh accumulated over years and years of hook of hooking it's uh it's wonderful also there's this great scene where it's just paulie's just walking around and at one point he just sees another old man oh, and he yeah. just goes "Commendatore." and then the guy goes who are you in Italian, and he goes, uh, "I'm from America," and just walks away. And the guy goes, "Are you with NATO? You cut our ski lift cable." <laughs> <This is laughs> but, <so good. laughs> but Paulie does not speak <laughs> Italian, so he's just like, oh, "He's probably saying something that nice and charming." Yeah, you know, he's probably saying something we'll respect.
3: But I wanted yeah. to, before we get all the way down there, I wanted to talk about the very first scene. Yeah, because this episode we skipped over. It starts with a, a wonderful scene yes. where an obnoxious family uh gets carjacked oh yeah and then the- well it starts with the fbi warning where they're
2: trying to figure out <laughs> right, right. yeah they're, sorry, where sorry. they're talking yeah, about movies and and literally tony says that his favorite uh thing in godfather one was going back to sicily yeah which is kind of like you know that's the beginning of the episode but then the obnoxious family that gets carjacked they gets
3: carjacked and then the churchill the dog runs away uh which is which is great one of the best scenes of the episode i think you got audio I don't have audio for that one, Oh, sorry. yeah. But I do have trivia. Oh. so the, Ooh. So the little rich kid. Yeah. Uh, he went on to... Uh, that's Jason Fuchs. He went on to write Ice Age, Continental Drift, uh, Pan, and Wonder Woman. Good for him. Yeah. Look at
2: that. Yeah. All he had to do was have hollywood connections probably <laughs>
3: yeah and since he was a little child yeah, yeah. no that's that's well, amazing. also he, uh, the, uh, my favorite part of that is that the movie pan which was a gritty origin story for peter pan yeah obviously uh, oh yeah
1: that was a Hugh jackman one right
3: yeah yeah it was the dark night of pan so first of all pan made the blacklist which is like the year's list of best unproduced. oh no, yeah i know so pan made the blacklist that's uh you know prop comment on hollywood number one yep um, comment on, uh, on Hollywood number two is that it flopped horribly. Oh yeah. Uh, and then they, and then, and then he just failed upwards to write wonder woman.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing though. It's like, if you can get on the blacklist and you can actually get a movie made, I think you're set. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it flopped. That's true. Were there
1: any blacklist, blacklist scripts that became good movies?
2: I've never, I, I know there are, but I
3: can't remember what, yeah, what I don't, they were off I the top don't know of my specifically.
2: head. Yeah. Um, but there definitely are a lot of blacklist writers who are currently making their living doing rewrites until oh
1: wait, 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 I'm looking, I'm looking, uh, Argo, American Hustle, the you, King's Speech, Slumdog Millionaire, Spotlight, the Revenant, no way. These ugh. are, these were, Hell or High Water, No. Nah. were these on, these are on the blacklist?
3: No I, shit. That, I, it's surprising to me and I refuse to believe it. Well, sometimes I feel like the blacklist picks ones that they know are going to be mo- that they know are like almost <clears throat> movies where they're kind of just like.
2: But isn't the point of the black the blacklist
3: that they have to have been not sold? It is, but I think every the people also everybody in Hollywood likes to feel smart, so they like. Uh, oh, see, look, I predicted this winner. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what. Who it gets is. who gets to pick these anyway? Uh, Dave Black.
2: Yeah, yeah, Mr. Black.
1: Hello. Well, who's Dave? What makes Dave so fancy? Now,
3: supposedly they're I voted on. I want to do on one by... called The
1: White List. <laughs> See, there's like shit on here like like Manchester by the Sea is on here. Well, Kenneth Lonergan had already been like an established, yeah, incredibly that's... famous screenwriter for years. Also, how the <laughs> fuck
3: do you read that script and go, oh yeah, this one's a winner. This guy's sad about his dead kids for two hours. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, dead kids is a cheat code. That movie sucked. Yeah, that movie did suck
1: arrival is on it draft day is on it that's great <laughs> the the equalizer reboot is on it <laughs>
3: <laughs> i like how they pick a reboot and they're like this is the best unproduced screenplay in hollywood jo-
1: jojo rabbit is on it whiplash is on it that's a great
3: movie. yeah so it's it's all bullshit because i mean
2: jojo rabbit was on it what year was it was it on the blacklist was
1: 2012, it? so it took a while. But from 2011, Django and is on it from 2011. Give me a fuck, oh, fuck <laughs> out of here. Hey, and what, exactly, exactly who, exactly who needs a stepping stone? that Made <laughs> Django and Chain.
2: <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, uh, back to the greatest television show ever made. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so one of the uh great themes of this episode um is. I think the contrast between the way you, uh, the way Michael Corleone experienced Italy in Godfather One, and the way that these goomba fuckboys experience <laughs> uh, Italy in you know in real life, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the I think the moment where that is crystallized is the moment that Tony Soprano gets to meet the uh, mob boss in uh, Naples. <laughs> Uh, Don Vittorio. Uh, like and it's supposed to, you know, he has this like just completely idealized version of Michael Corleone meeting Don Tomasino and Sicily, and you know. Right. And, and and he's just thinking, oh man, I'm gonna meet hey, paisan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna meet like a guy, who's gonna give me wisdom, and they have this just wonderful scene, which we'll play a little bit of for you right Don now. Don Vittorio. It's an honor. We can,
0: a boulevard <laughs>
2: Think uh,
1: something's wrong with the wheelchair.
0: He say Wilshire Boulevard,
1: Georgia, Washington
0: Bridge. (laughs) Right, it's very good. George Washington Bridge. Tom, you give this guy a golf club, he'll probably try to fuck it.
2: I I love that so much just because, first of all, I I, I love the fact that this is who he ends up meeting, someone who is uh, senile. And I love that Tony is actually so um, familiar with talking with senile old people that (laughs) he immediately kind of reverts back to like George Washington Bridge. Very good. Like he's like he knows he's like, oh, shit, I have to talk to this dude like a child now. That's fucking
1: crazy. And it's just it's crazy. What's cool is that the episode, because they're going to Italy, so it has that sort of very special episode vibe to it. Yes. You know, when you're like, the Sopranos are going to Italy. Yeah. And then it turns out to be this sort of big joke about Americans' idea of what being in Italy is supposed to be—yes, like a stupid, like just the stupidest possible, <laughs> like just the just the dumbest possible assumptions about their own like homeland—and then yes. the homeland's like, like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you, gringo assholes coming?
2: Exactly. Work? I mean, and and uh, another thing that like points that out uh, to me in the episode is when Tony gets on a call with uh, Carm. And she's asking, how's the food? He's like, it's it's good. A
3: lot of fish. Like he is, <laughs> She goes, if it's as bland as this phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they are fighting the whole time because she really, you know, you could tell she wanted to go to Italy. And, uh, you know, this is a business trip, so to speak. But it's just like the idea that, like, they're having all of this actual Italian food. That's not just, you know, what Artie mm-hmm. Bucco just cooks yeah. up at Vesuvio. And he's just like... You know why? Why so much fish? He, like he doesn't understand <laughs> yeah. that. Like you know, he's like, "Why does is this island keep eating so much fish?" Yeah, I don't it, get it. Exactly. What well, I want a chicken parm. Yeah. You know, like the guy is—they're uh, trash. And and it's it's wonderful, just their realization of their trashing. I
3: think this actually is like my formative, because I, I remember this episode very specifically for whatever reason. I think maybe I just. I saw it at a time where this became like the formative "what not to do" when you go to Europe, uh, kind of guidebook for me. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's very much, it's very much like the ultimate, uh, the the analysis of Americans as the dipshit tourists in Europe. Kind of I have thing. to admit,
2: I did this exact thing when I went to Italy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to Milan. I was only there for like uh like one night it was like one of those like things where i visited my sister in college she went and did a year abroad Mm -hmm, and then we took mm -hmm, trains and mm -hmm. planes across and spent like no time in every city and called it a trip it was the fucking worst but i spent uh one night in milan and just went to a random italian restaurant and i was like i'll have the spaghetti please (laughs) (laughs)
3: And,
2: and i just ate spaghetti in milan and it was like this is the best spaghetti I've ever <laughs> and it's only like looking back that I'm just like, yeah, that was probably uh, probably the worst spaghetti they've ever made and probably a tourist trap. You know, it's yeah. like they know what uh, Americans want and uh, they'll serve you, you know, they'll, 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 you know, set up the trough and put, pour down the slop and play the Italian uh, music.
1: i was just thinking about this the other day. Cause I was remembering when I went to Europe in 1997 Yeah. And people would and Americans would deliberately stitch like a Canadian flag onto their backpacks and shit (laughs) so that so people wouldn't be rude to them for being American. And it's like it's like. What do you have to stitch onto your backpack now? Yeah. Make sure, that, yeah. Make, sure that you, make sure no one knows that you're, you're from the biggest asshole country on the planet.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. like, it'd probably be like New Zealand, but New Zealand's flag is so indistinguishable from Australia's that uh, yeah. that they, they, don't, they, they need something besides their actual flag to... Well, yeah. They need, like, Canada an all-black too. flag.
1: Canada, you only need two words for the accent. You need a boot and against. But, like, for New Zealand, that's way... That's way out of the the average American's accent range. I could do it. No, it's
2: it's not a problem. I could do it. You just talk like this, talk about drinking large amounts of ejaculate. (laughs) When I like to drink my ejaculate, it's something I'll do for protein. It's fun. It's a good time. And it tastes salty. See, I got
1: it. Yeah,
3: that's Peter Jackson.
2: But
1: was that Australian? No, that, no. The, no, it's that... like an
3: Australian who's got like something caught in his asshole. That's what New Zealand New Zealand
2: like. is like Australian if they only asked questions. Yeah, yeah.
1: New Zealand, I just
3: think about every, every vowel is a short
1: I. Yeah. yeah but I, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Fush, yeah. fush,
2: fush like and that. chops. Fush, fush and yeah. chops. Fush and Gotta hustle, fush and chop. I'm sorry. No, I just sound like the Gersperms woman. Um
4: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: In general, I mean, like, they... Uh, the, in this episode, they're... Obviously, their trip to Italy is... I uh, mean,
3: the, the poly arc is just perfect. Because he goes over is. there, he's like, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. He gets there... Uh, he's completely disillusioned. Yeah. Uh, he gets shit on by all the Italians. He uh, can't take a shit because he doesn't <laughs> understand how the toilets yeah. and bidets work. He looks, uh, he looks like a dumbass. And then he comes home and the first thing he does is be like, oh, p- big, oh, puss. Oh, you, you gotta, gotta go. go. You every, haven't lived. Every Italian's gotta go there.
2: You haven't lived until you've told three old strangers, <laughs> commendatory, <laughs> and then had them yammer at you about NATO. And then <laughs> fucked a prostitute who scratched her foot. Like, yeah, it, it is, it's... It's perfect because he he knows the time he had, but he loves No, he wants he, to hold on to the dreams. He, dream he still. wants to hold on to the dream, the idealized dream. Well, oh, he also
1: he's he's so stupid he had the best time of the bunch.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That is true. I mean he didn't do you know, he was like, I'm not here for business, I'm here for pleasure. And uh and meanwhile Chrissy's entire arc is just being AWOL shooting heroin the whole time, which uh we can't argue with that. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, he may be I think arguably had the best time in Italy. Um
1: I've had the uh, I've had the same uh conversation with my wife from the road where like right. I get sent somewhere fun. <laughs> I don't like I don't go to shoot heroin and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and hire and hire hookers and stuff like that. But I'll be like sent to San Diego or something. Yeah. And she will be like, and I'll be and you know, I should be like, "Oh, you get to go to San Diego." And I'm like, "It's for work. It's not going to be fun." Yeah, exactly. And, Uh, So, you know, I'll be sipping a Mai Tai on like Ocean Beach or something like that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's, you know, it's like uh, you try to do as the Romans do wherever you're at. And uh, sometimes all the Romans do is uh, sit around and, you know, drink coffee. Mm -hmm. I've been in so many cities where I'm just like, oh, man, finally here in Boise. You know, (laughs) what should I do? And it's like brunch. That's what you do. That's what you do Can everywhere. I, yeah, yeah. You do Can brunch. Can I drink it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just I'll have an espresso and an egg, and they're like, "Welcome to this very unique town." <laughs> um, I did jump in a river.
3: Whenever there's a river around, I'll find a river. Sure, and jump you got to jump in the river. All right, so let's do favorite scene, uh, least favorite scene. Oh, sure. Um, you start. Um, all right. So we got to talk about the Elvis impersonator wise guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like the weirdest character i love that he's only in this only in the sopranos for one episode yeah he exists to die he shows up to be like a weird elvis impersonator wise guy uh who's also kind of like a like a lurky weirdo
2: yeah he's a weirdo who's connected it's a very strange thing so basically uh big pussy and his fbi handler whose name i keep forgetting uh they go to some random like you know, Hobby Lobby or some shit, or a toy store. That's a
3: uh, Skip Lapari.
2: Yeah, Skip Lapari, uh, and and Pussy go to this like toy store, and they get uh you know to meet uh, anonymously. Uh, oh, it's a party supply yeah. store, and then they get found out all of a sudden. Uh, a connected guy shows up, and he's an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> yeah. and and there's like a lot of detail to this they're character. So,
3: like that scene is so absurd. Uh, it's one of the. It's one of like the most non sequitur Sopranos jokes. And and it's like they decide to
2: give you like uh like add some tension to it where he's like, Oh, he's this is a friend of ours. He's uh, you know, he's actually an FBI agent, but he's a friend of ours, and you know, he's connected out of Delaware and he's like, Delaware, do I know any wise guys out of Delaware?
3: And the answer is No. (laughs) He also does a thing where he's like, Oh, you're from Dover? I live in Dover. New yeah. Jersey,
2: yeah, yeah. It's like it's the weirdest fucking character, and and it's also one of the most obvious setups for a murder.
3: Yeah,
1: it it, it just. But seems- that's good. I I like I like a good obvious murder per episode. Oh yeah, yeah for sure for sure. I like mean- it's not. It wasn't like a tangent that like. That ends for no reason. Like at least yeah. someone gets beaten to death at the end. Which no, is it's true. Yeah, it is
3: set a punchline. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and and beaten to death with a hammer, which is always fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah.
3: But yeah, why is it always a ball peen hammer? Can't they just use like a regular carpenter's hammer? I imagine that a trial and error. I think they've tried carpenters' oh. hammers
2: and they decided like ball peen will really kill him. Is faster. it too hard to pull a regular hammer out of a
1: skull? That's
2: it. That's probably it. Drew, what, about what, tire what are iron? your thoughts?
1: Good old, good old tire iron wouldn't uh yeah. is is in the repertoire, you know? Yeah tire iron, bat, crowbar. Yeah. Uh small crowbar, I've, a big I
2: a I've been playing this uh this video game where you kill zombies and uh a bat
3: with nails in it? Mm-hmm. That'll do it. Okay, but a tire yeah. iron, isn't that the one that's uh like a cross? Like it's got one going to, like, isn't that the one with the... Yeah, that's, that's shape, right. Shaped like a cross? Yeah, it's shaped like a plus sign. Yeah, right?
1: Oh, wait. Isn't it like an S? Isn't there like one... I thought that with... was just a crowbar. Yeah. Well... Oh. I'm trying to think. Well, leg like, pipe. I have to go look in the back of my Kia. I we're think, all, uh, we're all too think,
3: bad at cars to figure out. I think anything of. that's like long and metallic. Sure. You know. But I think if it's shaped like a plus sign, you might have a hard time. I guess that's... A, or is that like a lug If you threw it wrench? like a
2: shuriken... <laughs> sure, sure. You throw it like a shuriken star. First, uh-huh. you throw the tire iron, and then you use the ball peen hammer. Right, that's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, if I were in that. Oh, too, like so. it's
1: like it's like an equal cross. No, that's not. Wait, hang on a second. <laughs> I'm gonna Google time. Yeah, iron. yeah.
2: Google it up, dude. Google tire iron.
1: Yeah. So oh, uh, wait, you know what? You're well. All right, some of them are, all right, all right. Some of them are a cross, but the there's also there's also one that's just a right angle. And then there's there's a uh, there's a ratchet on the end of it, and that's yeah, the tire yeah. No, iron. you're
2: right, you're right. Yeah, that there's I, yeah, okay.
1: that I'm familiar with for beatings and stabbing. That's right. right. Yeah, I've that's
2: used a good one. I've used that kind of tire iron. Oh before. yeah, I've beaten guys with that. Kind yeah, of tire yeah, yeah, iron. yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, i have also like whenever I use a tire iron, I'm like I could beat somebody. <laughs> right? But, yeah, there's. I can't even on changing a
3: tire with this. It's so boring.
2: You could probably <laughs> beat someone to death with the club. You know the like oh, yeah. the one that like well, it wheel- would
3: extend while you're trying to beat
2: them with. Well, it. you would have to just pull it out completely and then oh. beat them yeah or lock yeah lock it lock it that's also good mm-hmm. uh probably strip all the rubber off of it so it doesn't do too much bouncing anyways <laughs> it was the strangest character it was a fun character to kill uh especially considering uh, it's like it's almost like they wrote it they're going like all right see, so see we, you later baby we got to have it because it's very important to the um Angie Boffenseral arc uh where she is deciding that she wants to uh divorce uh big
3: pussy also i just want to so, say that i feel like it's it, it's on the uh list of like 80s and 90s early 2000s shorthand of like people oh, who would absolutely. make good kill victims which is like elvis impersonator mime yeah telemarketer <laughs> insurance <laughs> that, that, salesman that right.
2: yeah it, and i think that means you have to play the bumper
3: What's that? Oh, it's the '90s. Yeah, because if there's one thing
2: that this show is very consistent with, uh, early on, the '90s parents are supposed
4: to discuss sex with their children. It's the '90s. It's it's the '90s.
3: 90s
2: yeah so uh yeah i agree completely elvis impersonators is uh is a big thing in terms of it being the 90s Uh, insurance
3: salesman like groundhog day
2: sure uh andrea bocelli uh shout out i felt maybe i'm wrong about that maybe he was bigger in the 2000s but uh i did feel like uh,
3: the oh just him being there is 90s
2: yeah because andrea bocelli is that blind singer you know Uh who uh sings
3: conte Partiro. um
2: and so yeah maybe that's not i don't know but those are those are the things i noticed specifically but what i was saying was uh the fact that uh they needed a vehicle for a pussy to like ignore his wife who is currently right. about to divorce him yeah. and like you you need to know what's you know he needs something in his head so obviously they invented this you know guy who catches him with skip and it's like they were like well he can't just be some guy let's make him <laughs> let's make him have a backstory like they worked hard on that It's a great backstory it's a great backstory and you're, you're kind of sad to see him go
1: yeah well it's stuff like that to let you know that a show's well made like if they yes. care that much about like like that little bitty thing yeah then you know then they put real thought and care into the whole the yeah. whole arc of everything so that's cool
2: yeah completely um uh, so Matt, fav- favorite scene,
3: least favorite scene?
2: I think that uh, my favorite scene in this uh, was, I, I, I talked about it before, was uh, the, um, uh, are you with NATO? You cut our ski lift cable. And then, um, you know, also part of that sequence, not the same scene, but her the prostitute washing her pussy in the sink. <laughs>
3: um, so w- question about that. Go ahead. So... Uh, I would assume that they use a condom because she's a prostitute. But then, like, she's wa- is she just washing the condom smell out of her pussy, or is she I, washing actual? I would assume they did not use a condom. Okay, well, would... why? Because they're Italian.
2: Uh, yeah, because you're <laughs> you're a dirty people, Vince. Sure, you have
1: babies. Wouldn't you just wash everything, if you were near that guy, I mean, yeah, regardless of what happened, even if you were like, even if you had sex with him in a hazmat suit, <laughs> you know, <like laughs> you're, still, you're not gonna feel clean.
3: Yeah, she's probably got a pussy that smells like. Aqua Velva or Dracar
2: Noir. I think it would smell like a like a leather jacket that's been sitting in the closet. Sure. Um, but uh yeah, no. I mean, uh, th- those scenes to me are my favorite. My least favorite is wait. Let's get Drew favorite. Oh yeah, go go ahead, Drew. Do you have a favorite scene?
1: I think it's the the money scene at, at the end where uh because you know, they start off they start off the episode or at least a trip to Italy with uh, with Tony meeting. Uh, Sophia Milos, who's like incredibly attractive yes. and also like the boss. And so there's this sexual tension between them the whole episode, and you're like, eh, they're gonna hook up or something like that. And it sort of culminates in this in this meeting where it's like like they they resolve they you think they're gonna resolve that tension, but it turns into a business meeting. And it's Tony who actually refuses to yeah. shit where he eats and and turns it into a business transaction. And that to me was actually really, really compelling. That was a good good scene because there was a lot of different layers of tension going on yeah and it ended up getting and ended up getting you up getting a nice deal out of it too so that was cool
2: yeah it's it is kind of uh it's it's interesting to watch because there is something powerful about the fact that he for once doesn't uh you know, lead with his dick. Mm-hmm. Like, right. and, and I think a lot of that had to do with, um, you know, the the tension between Tony and Annalisa. It was Annalisa, right? That was yep. her name? Yep. Is that was it, her name, yeah. Is that Tony is... Confused as to there being a woman boss. Like, his whole thing is like, this would never happen in the States. He just doesn't understand it. And he's threatened by it. And I think the big reason he's threatened by it is because he knows that women have this sexual power over him. Mm -hmm. It's a part that he can't control, you know? It's, It's something that, you know, when dealing with a male mob boss, he doesn't have to worry about wanting to fuck them. So I think a lot of the rejecting Annalisa was about the fact that... He was like, "No, I'm not gonna let you have control." And it kind of shows him being a good, you know, a good businessman. He's
3: really trying not to shit where he eats. Can we talk about the businessman aspect, by the way? Yeah. So like, he's there's no way he's gonna sell a fucking Mercedes, a a stolen Mercedes, for ninety grand. Like, I was confused by that. His opening price is ninety grand. It's like, well, you're not gonna sell a stolen car for like. Ten grand off the sticker price, the and, and, and what was
2: weird about it was he was also like these go for hundred and twenty, you know, uh, out here, and I was like, yeah, I, again, that's not a good enough deal. I can't yeah, imagine
1: no, anyone no. taking that deal. Also, like first, also seemed high. You know, it seemed it, like yeah. a high sticker price for even though Mercedes are really nice. I don't feel like your average Mercedes SUV cost
3: one hundred twenty grand in 2000. In 2000. Yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think that was an accurate sticker price and I don't think it was enough of a discount for them to be stoked on the deal. Yeah, I know. It was very
2: weird. I I, I thought about that too but then I was like, well, what do I know about this, you know, stolen car selling overseas business, you know? I mean, it's not, it's not my forte in particular
3: so I just kind of let it go. He's like, oh, let me get this straight. We do all of the uh, transporting and uh, market finding and we're going to get 12% Twelve percent on this deal—that yeah, seems weird. very weird.
1: Uh, someone, I, someone failed to watch the Chop Shop tape. Clearly, got it. Got to eat more Chop Shop tape. Uh,
2: and I, I really loved watching the scenes between uh, Tony and Annalisa where they are in businessman mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a clip of, of one of them. Uh, it is uh, the uh, unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah,
3: yeah,
4: yeah. What are you thinking?
3: Furio,
2: you understand.
0: Furio. Oh, but you should have Oh, back up. You're unbelievable.
2: Oh, back up. Yeah, I, what I loved about <laughs> it,
3: you did a I, lot. You did a lot I, of I audio editing. So hard episode. on that one. All
2: right. Because <laughs> uh, first of all, her oh was just so perfect. Yeah. Um, and also uh, th- at that moment, you know, she uh, he is asking for like part of the deal is I get Furio, which is. It kind of a weird thing where they have like, listen, can he transfer from this mafia to that mafia? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of right. like, uh, you know, I mean, I know people, uh, you know, a lot of times they transfer you from on, one branch of a company to another. onboarding is such a pain. Onboarding these- is a pain, that's true. And it's nice to have the kind of job security where you can, you know, actually transfer to the uh, Newark branch. Yeah. Do you think he gets to keep his PTO? Dude, hopefully. I think that transfer is over. The question is, is like is there going to be a standard of living (laughs) race, you know, because it's probably way more expensive to live in Newark. Yeah. I actually, I don't know about that. Um, I, I, it's interesting. I, I, while I agree with you, Drew, about the scene, you know, about him like rejecting, um, rejecting her. Uh, I, at the same time, their entire, uh, them in the cave, you know, Mm -hmm. the scene with them Mm -hmm. in the cave,
3: it, it felt a little bit like. uh... I thought it was great until she started psychologizing. Yeah, that's what it I is. I think. I mean, in general, I think the psychiatry is my least favorite part of the show. Even yeah. though I know it was like the driving force behind getting it made yeah, so in the thing, first place. I, but. I
2: like the psychologizing. Uh, usually, um, I'm I'm a fan of of psychology because uh, I'm dumb. And, like, as a dumb person, someone telling me psychology makes me go, oh!
1: Yeah, no, that's actually the best part of the show, I think.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I, I just, I like it because it's like, that is how human, be. human beings do do that. That's smart. She's got smart. And then I fall in love just like Tony does. You know, yeah. I'm very, I, I relate to Tony's kind of, like, you know uh the, the way he responds to someone telling him psychology which is to be like that's very interesting that's very very interesting you know instead of uh but he does a little bit of pushback when she um describes him as his own worst enemy and i have a clip of that got a premonition for me you
0: you are your own worst enemy it's no surprise to me, I am my own. worst enemy
1: everybody's their own worst enemies mean to call you that. oh i worked really
2: hard on that one <laughs> good, you guys good, good
3: job good i job, worked Matt. really
2: hard yeah but uh-huh. uh, again it, like that the entire scene where they're just talking about um yeah just psychologizing each other it seemed to be kind of like it, it was clear that he was you know he says you remind me of someone back home who i want to fuck
3: yeah two pseudo intellectuals yeah exactly. jacking off on each other <laughs>
1: I, i'm stupid who is he referring to because in the beginning of the scene i'm thinking that he's talking about his mom and then it becomes very clear he's not no he's talking
2: about melfi yeah he, he's talking about his his psychiatrist uh, we uh, yeah. yeah or i guess
3: his uh i didn't know at first either it took me like 30 seconds Well, yeah no i mean out. i
2: thought at first it's like you remind me of someone back home you think wait uh maybe his mom because you know his mom is kind of like this you know, in a way, a mob boss uh, lady who runs a, a family, um, and yeah. then and then when he's like, I want to, you know, fuck her, but I don't. I was like, no, she, she's psychologizing. He's in love with his psychologist. You know, it, it makes sense.
1: Yes, that makes sense. I hadn't I hadn't thought about the Melfi factor. I'm an idiot.
2: You're not an idiot. You just like psychology, just like me.
3: <laughs> uh, so trivia for this uh, episode, sure. Uh, So David Chase, who wrote the episode, actually hates the episode, doesn't like to watch it. Uh, Wait, why? He doesn't like the episode? Yeah, in an interview uh, in 2017, were there any episodes you wish you could do over uh, in David Chase? The show when they went to Italy, that really wasn't our element. We really didn't know what we were talking about, so I didn't like it as much. Uh, huh. and then, but that's
1: what that's what makes it good though yeah that's I agree their,
3: that's why it's good.
1: ignorance is why it's funny
3: yeah uh from the soprano sessions uh in reality those guys don't really travel they don't leave their neighborhoods maybe they go to Florida or Vegas uh yeah um and, and then I think his main issue actually is that he thought Sofia milos was too sexy for uh too too young and sexy to be uh, Marozuka's boss, huh. or uh wife. Right. Uh, I wasn't happy with the cast. Uh, Annalisa did not really seem like a mob housewife or a mob wife. Well,
2: I, I don't know what the fuck he's talking. That's 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 weird to me. That that's yeah. She's really good in it. She's fantastic. in it.
3: I think because it sounds like what he wanted was a little more on the nose. Because like there's the whole subplot about Carmela being. You know the mob wife who kind of just lets her husband right uh, do whatever and yeah is kind of meek you know not yeah. meek personally but you know she puts up with his bullshit yeah and then I feel like the episode they used uh what's her face Annalisa as like a counterpoint to that where she's like the actual boss yeah totally and so Tony's not used well, to actually, it so I don't know if-
1: actually the scene scene I liked least from the episode had Carmela doing a mob boss thing and trying to convince Pussy's wife. Uh, not to leave them. And that was the most, and like, I know why that scene existed and it was well done, but I also hated it at the same time because I hated Carmela doing that.
3: Yeah, I did too, but I did like the line that it led up to, which was, we'll let the Pope live with them then.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was great.
1: That's a good line. And
2: and And it also, I I did think it it served a pretty important purpose in that like Carmela's entire, uh arc in this episode or plot or whatever you want to call it i don't know words but um is that she is you know in seeing the disintegration of the bob and Sarah family and the fact that you know angie actually wants to leave her husband like to her it is that's a almost it reflects back on her a little bit. It's like a referendum on like her own choices to like deal with the philandering and the, you know, leaving and the, and the, you know, the
1: implicit. Plus it's
2: going to wreck their whole little deal.
1: Yeah. Well, and Janice and Janice points that out to her in the episode. Yeah. In
2: in one of my favorite Janice scenes ever. I, I love that scene so much because it's, again, it's Janice being Janice, like, you know, doing this passive aggressive you know, kinda of mean spirited thing, but that's just wrapped up in this like, you know, uh faux feminist uh-huh. like bullshit that she learned in like community college <laughs> and then not understanding <laughs> that she's falling into the same traps by like being with uh uh who, what's Richie like? Aprile. Richie April. I, I have some audio from that as well. Uh it's uh yeah, it is I got it. Janice. Yeah.
4: You are talking about me about us Carmela no I don't know the a woman of your intelligence was content to ask so little from life and from herself I don't know I, I'm it's none of my business marriage is a holy sacrament okay family is a sacred institution Roger and you trying to fan the flames with Richie Aprile of all people <laughs> talk about old-school Carm Richie, because of his life experience in prison, he he has a sensitivity to the plight of women. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh God. I am not even going to touch that one. But you had me going for a while there. You really did. Oh, Janice, honey, I gotta love you.
3: <laughs> she really is like the best fucking actress. Cause I mean, She's the best actress. I mean, it's perfect because... Like you, like all of her religious bullshit is so clearly like a defense mechanism. Yeah, but so and, is Janice. Even, but even she doesn't really believe in it, right? Whereas when she realizes that Janice is a hypocrite, she's like, "Oh, now I have something to push up back on." Yes. that I actually believe in, which yeah. is great. Yeah, and
2: that's the thing. But Janice is also the same way. She's you know her her kind of like. Uh, you know, selective liberalism is yes. is the same thing. She doesn't believe in anything yeah.
3: fucking either. Oh, it's just it's the uh, it's the old walking Phoenix at the Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I'm I know I'm like totally going off on a tangent here. but I love the idea that, so because he, he's dating uh, I might be married to Rooney Mara. Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Wow. So he's like the scion, or he's like dating like the scion of like two different billionaire families, pretty sure. Wow. Um, and so, of course, when he makes like an environmental statement, it's not like about, you know, private jets or wealth inequality or like, yeah. or, you know, anything that you could actually fix the problem. It's like, you know, this is about consumer choice. And I'm sick of people putting milk in their coffee. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was like completely a oh, complete, com, complete tangent but that is very much uh that
2: kind of selective liberalism. Definitely, definitely. She is uh she's definitely like
1: Oscar's uh award speech yes uh liberal. Um, All her scenes are like having an actual relative visit, which is why I always hate it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she is no, on she's the line. The realist. Like she's, she's so, so perfect real. that it like it kind of like makes me itchy. Well, yeah, I totally. Yes. Totally. Yeah, that sounds about it's, right. It's too real. <laughs>
2: she makes me actually anxious and annoyed. Like, it feels it's... Which is just a testament to how good she is and how well-written the character is. But, like, man,
1: does she make me mad. I don't think I've seen her in anything since the surprise. And neither
2: have I. You know, I don't know where she's at.
1: She's great. You know though. what? That's not uncommon among that cast, though. I think like Tony Sirico is, like, headlining the Irishman or anything like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. but Tony Sirico is not John Turturro's sibling yeah that but is true. true that is true uh, all it says to me is we could probably get
2: them on this podcast it's true <laughs> yeah um i also can i just say that scene in particular where she says um that richie has the a sensitivity to <laughs> the plight of women being that he was in prison <laughs> and she goes i'm not going to touch that um it, are they talking about butt sex I, like yeah is, what? okay i assume so <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't think Janice is talking he about. He doesn't her.
3: have any ex- like. He hasn't been around women for twenty years, but he has been raped. Yeah, so. he's been. Ra-
2: <laughs> God. Yeah, it did seem like he, she, at least Karm was specifically like uh, envisioning uh, prison rape. Anyways, uh, I mean, this is
3: also this episode's totally worth it for introducing Furio, who's one of the best characters in this in the series. I think.
2: Yeah, and you know, I
3: don't think we get to see him. Until I think next season, next no, next episode. Very, really very next episode. A lot of, a lot of Furio in the very next episode. Oh, oh a little
2: fact check. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. doing a little live fact check on Maddie Levy, huh? Well, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I know about Sopranos just fine. Um, in terms of uh, some of our other segments, like Gabba v- Vafangul, uh, I didn't notice anything new. I mean, the problem the- is they're in Italy, right? So I'm like. A, a, a lot of these words are just, Itali- you know, they're Italian. And what we're really focusing in the segment, Gaba ga, uh, Vafangul is um, Merigan-like slang. A- Italian yeah. slang. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't
3: notice any in this episode. Um, I mean, I think it's next episode where they go into the mozzarella. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well... Because Furio's a cheesemaker. We don't really talk about Furio being a cheesemaker in this episode, but apparently... De- that is in the next episode. He starts making the cheese. Yeah,
2: that is interesting. I don't remember that at all. This is like my fifth rewatch, and I do not remember that Furio is a cheese maker. Well,
3: that's a tease for the next episode. Whoa. See what I did there? You're gonna have yeah. to stick
2: around. Um, let's see. Final thoughts on this uh, episode? Any final thoughts?
3: I mean, to me, this is one of my favorite episodes. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I love this episode. Really? I mean, maybe it's because it's like so food based, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the ones that sticks out in my mind, and it's just because I I think it's peak poly, Mm -hmm. and I think we needed the contrast of Italy to show you who all these characters really are, because otherwise, you would sort of take them as, uh, you know, oh, this is like, you would take their bullshit more at face value. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I do think that, like, everything that David Chase critiqued the episode on is why the episode's good like right. the fact that he's like well these guys don't really leave the neighborhood and it's like yeah that's why it's wonderful to right. see them because i think it's it's not a huge stretch of the imagination to imagine that some new jersey mob guys
3: might plan a trip to Italy at some point. We, we didn't talk about Christopher being like, I don't care what happens, but I'm going to go see that fucking crater. And yeah, everybody's yeah. like, all right, man. Like, yeah. go ahead. Dude. No one's stopping. Yeah, yeah. Me. He's like, I'm <laughs> here for two
2: things, the topless be- beaches and that fucking crater. And it's like, uh, yeah. And he spends the whole time uh, just shooting heroin. Yeah, well. Is- I
1: like I like that he had a, a sort of anthropological goal in mind. Like, He <laughs> yes. wanted to see something, see something enriching. He didn't get to do it, but still. Yeah, yeah. Well,
3: he's that guy. That's his character is that he, he wants to do something cultural, but uh, and he only ever half gets there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he doesn't have the patience, and he <laughs> right. doesn't have, uh, I mean, he just doesn't have the emotional stability to follow through on the things that he wants to do in life, which is like, I mean, can we all not relate to that a little bit? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. all a little bit Chrissy.
3: It me. I feel
2: seen. It me. Um. Yeah. All in all, I thought uh, that this is, is not one of my favorite episodes. I enjoy it a lot, but it's almost like exists outside of the canon in a way. It feels like uh, it does kind of...
3: Uh, I think maybe that's why it's memorable. Yeah, it's a that's true.
2: And yeah. a lot of those episodes that are like that, you know, where they diverge and they're not necessarily trying to push a plot forward... Um, it's you know a lot of those are some of the best episodes of the sopranos this is is definitely some of the
1: worst too though. that's exactly
2: and some are the worst it's really uh you you never know what you're gonna get when they do kind of like a uh you know something that diverges from the season arc but uh yeah all in all i thought it was good and i do love watching uh new jersey guidos in italy Mm -hmm. i could watch i could watch that all day so, yeah, uh, what else uh, we got? You got any any emails? Any? Uh, no? No. Nope. Cool. <laughs> well, Drew, d- Drew, final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts, Drew?
1: I just want to thank Vince for giving me his HBO password so I could watch all the real sex I could possibly <laughs> want. So
3: many, hey, so go, many old butts. It's great. Go nuts.
2: Go nuts, dude. Yeah,
3: That's what it's for. Like a wild man.
2: Yeah, that's good shit, dude. That's good shit. A lot oh, of I, Oh, I, we got to
3: ask you about you, though, because we haven't had you on since uh you know you had your brain thing uh, yep. life good.
1: Yeah, brain strong. I'm alive half deaf, but that's all right I can deal. Yeah, I'm half deaf too. Which
2: which ear? Oh you're? Yeah. I'm
1: half deaf in the right ear.
2: I, I'm I'm half deaf in the right ear. Yeah, me too.
1: Wow. Sorry, that makes us practically related.
2: Yeah, dude. We're like the same person. I, I lost it completely randomly though. Mine I mean I guess you'd lost it randomly too, but uh mine was just uh sudden hearing loss. It just happened. All of a sudden it was No, good. It no was, killer. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was wild. Whereas Do
1: you uh did you get like a cross the cross hearing aids or get a cochlear implant or any of that stuff?
2: No, it, it was like one of those things where uh, after I lost the hearing, I took uh uh about for a week a round of steroids because they're like it's probably a virus because they did like X rays and you know all that shit uh cat scan or whatever to see if uh, there was something actually wrong something in the in the eardrum or whatever uh, and it was nothing and so they gave me a round of steroids and then I got some of the high end and low end frequencies back but my mid is completely gone and uh, they were like you know your brain will kind of like just figure it out you won't really notice after a while do you want a hearing aid and i was like i guess not and so i've just been living without it I don't know. what about well, you i
1: wish you got have... i have i have hearing aids and a cochlear implant so i oh, okay. scrambled I scrambled right away to to recover as much as I possibly could. The implant's pretty cool. That's pretty
2: cool. That's interesting. So, you must have, so you lost, did you lose almost full hearing in that ear?
1: I lost all the hearing on the right side of my ear. It turned out my left ear was damaged as well. And so, at the beginning, uh, I had a hearing aid that uh, for both ears and one transferred sound over to the only working ear. And then I got a cochlear implant, which restored. Essentially, brought sound back to the other side of my head, but in a, a very garbled and interesting way. But it works; it's good.
2: Hey, uh, well, I'm happy it works, and I'm happy you're alive,
3: dude. It's pretty well, crazy. Well, happy
1: I can do it, so I can watch The Sopranos again. Yeah. yay
3: hell yeah. I mean, it's always good to just like have your company implode right after you have like a near death experience. Yeah, I find.
1: the best. Love it. You love to see it.
3: You love to see it. That was pretty baller. I don't think. Uh, I mean, when when all the, when stuff started to go down. And then everybody like immediately just uh, rage quit. Was, yeah, that was the coolest fucking thing ever.
1: Yeah, it was cool. It, uh, I was like, ah, oh, this is punk and this is cool. Also, I need health insurance now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's like the da- a little bit, A little bittersweet.
2: Yeah, no, that's the downside of it for sure. But like there was definitely watching it all happen was the coolest thing. So being on the outside of it, I was like, these guys fucking rule. And,
1: Thank you. Well, I'll I'll take that I'll take that at face value, sir. Yeah, it's
2: like the it's the it's the like I don't know, online writer's equivalent of uh what's his name? Uh Dave Chappelle cutting up that fifty million dollar check and then you know leaving TV.
1: Definitely we are the exact equal of Dave Chappelle exactly. in both stature respect and wealth
2: yeah and uh you know in 10 years time you just uh move on to barstool sports because that's Ah! that's that's what he did uh (laughs) politically anyways we're just having a little bit of fun i i'm i'm glad you're doing well man thank you sir yeah, you live to pod another day. Yeah, thanks for coming on with us.
3: Yeah. And thanks, so, guys. So, uh, Google, what's the Google voice number for the... 415-275-0030.
2: Yeah, please uh, leave us a voicemail to, you know, any thoughts or concerns or questions about the Sopranos. And, uh, you know, if you have uh, just a favorite moment from the Sopranos you want to talk about, please... Let us uh, know, Frogcast at gmail.com, patreon.com slash That's for uh, our other podcasts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, don't stop believing.